listening to me? What do you want to do with your life? I want to rock. I would tell you it's, it's outrageous still. Because it glorifies, glamorizes, and packages evil. Yeah, but all that cares about is dark and brutal. Shut up and listen to the wail of my fancy fingers. I only plays metal. You're listening to The Metal Show from WCRX 88.1 FM Chicago, a Columbia College radio station. I am the exalted Icky Zor. And I'm the reverend of volume. And I gotta say... I feel pretty much better than everyone this week. <laughs> Why is that? Um, and you should feel better than everyone, too, because you and I both got to see Pentagram. Yeah. A band whom uh, I don't think either of us thought we would ever get to see, ever. No. And we saw them twice. Three times for me. Just saying. Cheeky bastard. <laughs> No, it was amazing. I mean, Bobby Liebling, top form. I guess he's sober. One of the best frontmen I've ever seen at a rock and roll show, and that's what Pentagram for what he's is. been through, and and for the fact that you know they've been around since 1971. Yeah, and what's really bizarre to consider is I'm pretty sure in that entire time that Bobby has been in Pentagram, uh, they have never sold out a place, let alone two nights in a row. Granted, it was the empty bottle, and realistically, so it was tiny. like 250 people, if that. Uh, but still, you know, maybe in the early 70s, that just never happened. <laughs> and the cool thing is, they're going on a little mini tour. Yeah. And uh, if you're in doubt as to whether or not it's real. Yeah. And to whether or not Bobby <laughs> Liebling is, is actually, you know, stepping yeah. out and, and performing. Take it from me. I've seen it two times. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. It's one of the best shows you'll see. And if you're like us and you just love their music already, go see it live. Just, I, I lost my voice just because I, I never thought I'd be singing along to these songs outside of like my bedroom or my yeah. car. So go, just go see Pentagram for for the love of God. Jackal from Thrash Revivalist Warbringer. Uh, I gotta say, I really dug their first record, War Without End. You know, it's pretty solid thrash metal and nothing but. Uh, and so as far as thrash revival goes, definitely cut through the clutter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which so, is uh, which is hard. Because yeah, that genre's just gotten to such a critical mass. It's just yeah. like, oh, there's so many bands now. And it helps when one of your friends is Gary Holt, legendary oh. guitarist of Exodus. Makes sense. I've heard of that band. <laughs> so uh, why not just get right into it? Let's see where they're at for their second full-length, Waking Into Nightmares. This is Severed Reality from Warbringer. <laughs>
from the new Warbringer album, Waking Into Nightmares. And I gotta say, a step up across the board yeah. for this record. I mean, I really, I also really did uh, like War Without End. Yeah. But it was definitely flawed, um, just in terms of the low low production values and just kind of a, a general lack of sophistication. You know, these are mm. kids. Like, I'm yeah. pretty sure... A They're couple of them. Our age. A per, I'm pretty sure a couple of them can't even drink yet. Yeah. So you know, it's it's to be expected that there's to be that lack of sophistication, and I'm really glad that they showed it up more basically yeah. on this record. And of course, it you know <laughs> you mentioned it before. It totally helps that you have Gary Holt producing your album. Yeah. Not only that, but this band, I feel like they've toured relentlessly. Yeah. <laughs> you and know, you, you've actually seen them live. They opened up at the. Uh, uh, creator Exodus Belfort oh, yeah, show. Oh, totally yeah. And I, did, did. I actually didn't see him. That was badass. And I got to say, this band is pretty badass. You know, like when you, when you talk about thrash metal or thrash revivalist bands, you know, opinions like waver between you either hate it or you love it. The thing about Warbringer is, I feel like this record actually sounds pretty modern. I mean, it's still definitely a thrash metal yeah, yeah, record, yeah. but it sounds like the year 2008. Right, They're right. not trying to be. A, a thrash metal band that sounds like 1989. And that's my biggest complaint with Thrash Revival, yeah. is that what they do is they try to sound 80s with yeah. post-millennial equipment, and it, and it usually just doesn't work. Here, they're, they're completely acknowledging you know, the state of, of yeah. technology as it is, and yeah. producing a really classy, thrashy record. No, totally. You know, and this is one of those records that... Uh, you know, you could you could leave in the car, and then when you just need like a quick fix of like some awesome metal, just put it in. This will like totally do the job. You know, that being said, it's it's not necessarily essential. There are some problems with this. You know, yeah, it's and it's more or less having to do with the fact that it is thrash metal. You know, it's like I feel like at this point, you know, thrash metal. There's hundreds upon hundreds of bands. Like we've heard a lot of these riffs before. You know, granted, Warbringer does it really well, you know, but it's it's still just a thrash metal record at the end of the day. When I was listening to this though, I <laughs> it was weird like I was I was remembering songs not for the riffs necessarily. Yeah. But for some of the vocal lines. Yeah. And I think when you're at that point, I think perhaps the vocals are a little too prominent. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And and I think that would that's really the only major gaffe on this record, yeah. is that while the instrumentations are definitely a step up, the vocals are just exactly what they were before. Right. Which is to say, sophomoric at best. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I really don't know where they, what else they could possibly do with the vocals. Like, I think they're doing exactly what they want Well, there's to a reason do. why, like, a lot of those old school records had, you know, just either an obnoxious amount of reverb on them or were, you know, yeah. piled under the mix is because... Yeah, <laughs> kind of, I mean they're kind of silly. Yeah, you know, but for that I I'm gonna give this one horn because I said you know as I said before it's it's not necessarily essential. You know, it's it's not gonna be right next to your Exodus and Testament and Destruction albums. You know, it's it's gonna be that CD that just kind of comes up every now and then if you choose to go buy it. You know, you're not gonna keep listening to it for something to like change your opinion yeah. about it and make you absolutely love it but it's worth the listen check it out i'm gonna agree one horn just try not to listen to it too much <laughs> Oh, 
the title track from the new goat horror record, Carving Out the Eyes of God, from uh, New Orleans band, uh, who's they've pretty much been on the forefront of what I like to call the sort of hybridization of extreme metal. Mm-hmm. They've been around since 1997. This is their first album came out in 2000, and they've always been sort of mixing, you know, thrash, black, death, yeah. all the, all the sort of extreme. Uh, characteristics they've always been sort of throwing them into the melting pot yeah let's see how the uh the metal brew came out on this <laughs> new record with a tune called the all destroying <laughs> Carving out the eyes of 
God. This band just sounds absolutely ferocious, like, all the time. But this album, I feel like... It's something else. Yeah, I feel like they stripped down their sound just a little bit and got to the heart of what makes awesome metal songs. Pretty much every riff on this album is is circle pit worthy, I felt. And, you know, it's it's the kind of like album you want to like crash your car to just drive real fast <laughs> and like hit stuff just to i don't know this is like some really ripping stuff i you know goat horror i mean i've always liked them they're a really solid black metal band but this album i don't know it's just over the top like just awesome see it's weird like goat horror has always been a band that I felt I should have liked, uh-huh. but I never really could quite get into. I always thought that their kind of mixture of, of different elements was a little soupy, uh-huh. as opposed to, say, spicy. Yeah. But, um, and I always preferred their vocalist's other band, Soylent Green. Yeah. But I gotta say, like, this, 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 yeah, this record is, is really awesome. Yeah, I think it's just on the whole time. I mean, it's... like, you really, like, if you, if you're just a fan of extreme metal in general, yeah. this record has a little bit of everything for you. You've got your thrash, yeah. you've got your black elements, you've got your sort of death metal growls, Some and then, beats. and then at the same time, you've got that sort of New Orleans grit. Yeah. Just kind of, a, just kind of underneath everything is yeah. that sort of slime oh, yeah. from New Orleans, just from the swamp. <laughs> yeah. It's all there, and it's all awesome. This is a Double Horns record. Yeah, Double Horns record for me. Um, th- You know, this is, again, if you like Celtic Frost, too, like, get this album. Dirt. Like, <laughs> number one. Um, But, you know, it's cool to know that there's bands like Goat Whore who just put out solid metal releases. In this case, you know, yeah, black metal, and they incorporate, like, all these other elements into their sound. But, it's, you know, here's another album where it's just, this is just done really well when it comes to listening to metal you know this is some serious stuff i dig it get this a little taste of a new track god phones from the new and last voivod album infini you know basically uh this is the second album to feature unreleased songs that were recorded by piggy the guitarist before he died back in uh 2005 ah, dennis Dumore. Yes. we hardly knew thee <laughs> so these you know these are literally the last recordings of voivod that exist i guess he recorded most of these guitar parts by himself on like a laptop that was a gift or something and, and they kind of found him yeah pretty much and he just like left instructions on how to finish them and stuff like that um so yeah last voivod album i think that they're on tour right now they're or they're going to be on tour soon and you know as far as new studio albums go from voivod it's finished this is it this is the last thing we'll ever hear of new music from voivod which is kind of sad because voivod was Always sort of pushing the, the boundaries. Always the weird kid with regards to yeah. thrash, just with those kind of angular sort of sort of riffing and not sort to of, mention their progression into just really progressively minded, yeah. like spaced out metal. You know that no one sounds like Voivod. So here we are. This is the last Voivod album. Uh, let's do a track called Death Proof. We got the lead now, we got the lead now 
from the final Voivod record, period. Yeah. It's called Infini. You called it Infini. Whatever. I'm calling it Infini, and that's just going to be it. You mentioned how sad it is that Dennis Damore, affectionately referred to as Piggy, yeah. is gone. Yeah. And yeah, it sucks that he's gone. I think he was a particularly unique guitarist who yeah. really brought made some interesting contributions to, to metal doubt, in general. Yeah. And I feel like the band feels like this. Uh-huh. And I think that's why this record sucks. <laughs> I think they're still mourning the death of, of Dennis Damore on this yeah. record. And I got to say, you know, that's fine. You know, you guys can do that. But at the same time, he died in 2005. Yeah. Okay, it's 2009. You put out Kators, which was really a really decent record. You yeah. know, probably a befitting tribute to his legacy. Certainly better than their self-titled. Um, but yeah, this record, I think it just lacks any energy at all. I was bored throughout the whole thing. Mm. You know, just the vocals that sort of uh, almost kind of grungy sneer. Yeah. That that's that their lead singer has developed uh, over the years. Right down to Jason Newstead on bass. Usually, you know, Vo- Voivod's bass lines are so punchy, so yeah. so in your face, you know, which says a lot for metal these days where, you know, <clears throat> bass is pretty much taken out of the mix entirely. But it, it just feels lifeless. Yeah. Well, what's weird is I'm on the complete opposite spectrum. I enjoyed the hell out of this record. The funny thing is, as far as what this record sounds like, um, other bands that it reminded me of, I have to bring this up, there's elements of Motorhead on here, obviously. Uh-huh. On the last track. Uh, oh, my God. There's the uh, you know heavier but just a spacey monster magnet sound. And interestingly enough, I heard a lot of like Mastodon. And so I started wondering, like, is Mastodon really that influenced by like early 90s Voivod that like now we're starting to, now it's starting it's to starting come full circle? Because what if Mastodon didn't release Crack the Sky this year? Would this Voivod album sound different? Because I feel like a lot of tricks that Mastodon has used on their past two albums are no doubt inspired by Voivod anyways. I think you're I think that's a stretch. I don't know. It's 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 more an observation, it's not oh. a criticism. I just found it interesting. I'm like weird. You know, like here we are, like there's some moments on here where I was straight up thinking, like, whoa, this sounds like Mastodon and then I started thinking, Well, why am I thinking like that? You know, yeah, like yeah. it's weird to you know, be reminded of a newer band when the band in question is Voivod, who's been around for 25 years. Um, But that being said, like, this album, I don't know, I thought it was great. Just, like, it's it's definitely a rock-out record like Couture's was, where it was a little bit more of that, like, in-your-face kind of just, like, straight-up rock songs. Simple yeah, in this for Voivod songs and and you know what's it's still, weird? It's still really angular. Yeah, and and vaguely progressive, but not totally out there. For all we know, you know, these are recordings that Piggy did, literally just him and his laptop. You know, what if he didn't intend for any of these things well, see, to be think, released in think, the first place? Yeah, I think that's the real question we need to ask ourselves yeah. on this record. And to what degree are the band, the rest of the band members, interpreting? What Piggy had done, and to what degree are they just sort of saying, okay, this is what Piggy did, we're putting it out there, and we're just kind of going to lay back and let what he did speak for himself. Because I think if Piggy was involved, this record probably would have changed a little bit in, in just in the general just, recording yeah, process. Exactly. Either that, cause then it, it kind of feels like it's almost like a collection of B sides. Like my one complaint, um, granted, you know, again, I did love this album, but my one complaint is 
there's no real like consistency in the sense that like all these songs they do kind of feel like they're the the leftover songs you know but i i gotta say it's it's pretty cool that they're just ending voivod you know because it could be a lot worse they could just be like we're gonna get a new guitarist and put out albums you know they're respecting the legacy of piggy and you know i guess the only way they could really do that is just put out all the music he already had done apparently you know so why not i dig it double horns just out of sheer respect I picked this album up, and I found myself liking it a lot more than I thought I would. Um, So you should get it, too. I'm going to give it no horns. I think this is really unbefitting as as an actual Voivod album. I think maybe they just should have released it as a set of Mm B-sides. Because as it stands, at its best, this is Kator's Part 2. And at its worst... It's their self-titled part three. <laughs> because, yeah, because that's that's what worries me. Like, what if Couture's was, you know, the album, and then, but it could have been a double album, but then they're like, well, why don't we just cut out half the songs, and that's what this album is. And that's what I think it is. <laughs> Sky, the opening track from a New York band called Goes Cube. This album is called Another Day Has Passed, and this is a band that uh, kind of came to me out of nowhere. <laughs> I, their, the name is Goes Cube, and I'm pretty sure I've mispronounced the name as Goes Pube at least a couple times now. <laughs> um, they're definitely coming from that sort of New York hardcore they're crowd. They're definitely from New York. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, there's a sort of sludgy uh, metal undercurrent to this that I think is drawing some attention to these guys that they wouldn't normally get. Not to mention all the other influences going into their sound. Let's, let's, uh, let's uh, take a look at what these guys are doing with a track called I Hold Grudges. <laughs>
confusing name, confusing listen. Um, <laughs> I had no idea what to expect going into this. Um, and then I found myself really getting into whatever was going on on this album. I think the best way to describe it is if Fugazi or At The Drive-In listened to a lot more Sabbath and a (laughs) lot more I Hate God. Yeah, I mean, that's the best way to put it. I mean, there's a lot of diverse influences going into the sound of this band. And what you get is some really energetic, totally rocking stuff. You know, this is just like one of the most like driving records I've uh-huh. I've heard in a while you know where the this band it's all energy the entire time you yeah. know there's just those little moments where they kind of bring it down so you could breathe a little bit and then they just go right back into it you know again that at the drive-in influence is undeniable you know but it's really well you know it's not done in a way that's lame it still crushes yeah oh it's awesome like I thought know, it was really interesting that the first four tracks on this album felt like they were all pretty much the same a part of the same song yeah but it was just going like you know peaks and troughs and kind of you have that at the drive-in influence you have that uh that sabbath i hate god kind of crushy riff yeah influence and then at the same time you have parts that are like isis almost yeah that kind of those atmospherics as much as i hate using the word post rock but But that's like the best way to describe this post hardcore that's what this is yeah because there are so many other influences you know hardcore is just the baseline that they're jumping off of and they're jumping pretty high yeah into all these other things um i'm gonna have to recommend this you know double horns for goes cube but i you know their name is going to be the real challenge trying to like tell other people yeah, about yeah. them it's going to well, be well telling all your metalhead friends who <laughs> yeah. are you know already like oh no i only listen to brutal death metal and it's like have you heard of goes cube like what are you talking about what dude? is that pants yeah, and crap like what but uh yeah this I, is a double horns record it completely came out of nowhere and and it's getting some repeated play yeah because <laughs> it's me. it's doing something different and it's doing something different well which is awesome you i, I couldn't ask for more <laughs> going to do it for another edition of the metal show what do we got for the next podcast um let's see one of my favorite bands i gotta come right out and say it obituary i mean they're one of those bands too if you love celtic frost you probably love obituary they sound exactly the same obituary is just a little bit heavier but who cares they're awesome brand new album out um on all nothrock yeah probably some of the scariest sort of industrial pompous, bombastic, hate. hateful black yeah. metal. It's hate put to tape. That's what Anal Nathrock is. Basically. <laughs> and then uh, two records from some relative unknowns, Altar of Plagues. Yeah, it's it's a name I've heard in passing. I've been meaning to check this record out. I think it's called White Tomb. We're going to find out if it's hipster doom or not, <laughs> which is, you know, what everybody really wants to know. Yeah. <laughs> and then this, this weird sort of atmospheric black metal band called Fen. Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to uh, check that out because we've interviewed a lot of random black metal on this show. It's true. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the Metal Show is produced at WCRX 88.1 FM, a Columbia College radio station. Yeah.